0: Welcome to the Creative Juice Podcast. I am your host, Sam Juice, and I've been working in the entertainment industry for over 15 years. In that time, I have met and worked with amazing and talented individuals, most of which I now call friends. The premise of this show is to talk with professionals in all creative fields. We talk about where they started, where they are now, and what's on the horizon. We also chat about life, current events, and random weird stuff. So thank you for tuning in,
1: and let's get started juice. He's never going to stop being the juice. My guest this week is a film and
0: commercial director and also the co-owner of the production company Futuristic. His award-winning work has taken him all over the world with brands like Marmot, Adidas, and Red Bull to name a few. Please welcome the always friendly and always creative Jasper Gray. Well, thanks for being on the Creative Creative Juice podcast, Jasper it's my pleasure yeah man you're looking pretty good what's going on
1: um you know just one of those weird days in film production um so i'm always enjoying that kind of the more odd days and today we were sort of interviewing people to be part of a project and uh i was meeting with a breath worker in boulder went to a monastery in morrison colorado which i did not know existed um and also, what was the thing? How did my, <laughs> how did my day start? Um, I met with a, a, a kudo Japanese um, sort of. A, it's like archery. It's a um, and this guy's a, a practitioner of Japanese archery. So yeah, well um, Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Probably you too about I don't know about like film production uh, is that you never know where the day is going to go, or uh, you know, really, it's just always kind of different and new and. Of, uh, you know kind of i'm really always excited by that maybe maybe the most excited by that
0: yeah totally that's awesome all right so i kind of have a random question um what is your biggest fear if you have one
1: man like in production or just just in, in life
0: in, like life like a spider or like snakes or
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't know like i'm a pretty practical person i did get bit by a black widow me too. Um, yeah, totally. That's <laughs> it the, sucks. It sucks. Fucking it sucks. <laughs> yeah, um, but I wasn't. I wasn't totally afraid even then. Uh, maybe naively, I should have been. Um, I don't know. It's more like just sort of like lack of control. Um, you know, like I don't know. I'm not really overly ambitious, but I feel like there's things that I want to do in like life and in filmmaking, and um, I feel like I'm really good when I'm sort of in the flow of doing them but kind of either getting projects started or finding opportunities or kind of bringing in opportunities or things that maybe don't come as naturally to me as like working on set or just kind of being in the process of life. So my biggest fear I think is really just sort of like not having like a next opportunity or not really being able to do in my daily life kind of what I want to do. Hmm, Nice dude. And yeah, I mean sometimes a black widow (laughs) (laughs) will take your week. will take a week away from you. Dude, it
0: fucked me. I was in a, I was in Santa Cruz living in like a, like a mountain house. And I just woke up and my leg was like fucking like three times the size. And I saw the black widow, like right then I was like, shit, man, I, I got hit. <laughs> 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 oh, it sucks. This does
1: this sound <laughs> creepy, but like I was actually like in my bed and I felt the black widow, like kind of early ish morning, kind of crawl up my back. And I, as I turned over, it bit me. But like life lesson, like I'd been looking for a Halloween costume in my friend's garage, and I brought in like a box, I think from his garage, and put it in my room and kind of rummaged around in it. And uh, I think the black widow was like hiding in there, and then oh. kind of crawled out. It was like right, at, it was right on Halloween. So, oh
0: man! Yeah,
1: but I always look in boxes and boots and whatever. You go get your ski boots in the in the in the basement. I'm like shaking them out because <laughs> totally I've learned too. my lesson.
0: <laughs> Same. That's how it is in Phoenix. But instead of black widows, it's scorpions. So I lived there for a while and everybody's like shaking their shoes, shoes out, man, for scorpions, which is terrifying.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. Maybe in addition to like, kind of like not being a planche, um, scorpions probably would actually be a, a big fear of mine. Um,
0: if you could visit any place in the world, where would it be?
1: Man, like, I just keep seeing all these pictures of Iceland um, and I haven't been. And I feel like, Just from a visual standpoint, and kind of, I don't know, it just seems to be a place that's kind of having a moment. Like I I love just sort of exploring that sort of landscape, and um, so I really like to 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 go there.
0: Yeah, Uh, I've seen some pretty some pretty sweet footage and pictures come out. Like you can't seem like you can take a bad picture in Iceland, man. Yeah, right. So beautiful. Um, yeah
1: you're like just like yeah you're just like a random friend and they're just showing you pictures and you're like jesus like like national <laughs> geographic so yeah <laughs> exactly. I, yeah i, I totally want to go there and also like i don't know I, I got a chance to go sailing a few times like in the past few years and so that's kind of something new i feel like that is a super i love to explore um sort of like rocky coast like maybe like Maine or something like that so that's kind of a like a bucket list thing
0: that'd be sick where uh where were you sailing at
1: um, and, um, in just in insert Alaska mostly. Whoa. Yeah. So I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, you and, did. Yeah. My family still lives around there. And my mom's husband has a sailboat. And, um, so I, every time I, I go up, I try to go on the sailboat and he was maybe one of the worst sailors I've ever been around. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's like, not like all the things that you hear about, like sailing, like ship shape or I don't know. You're just supposed to be this horse side. Yeah. Like he's just like totally like this like Tasmanian devil out there. And um, yeah, but it kind of makes it more exciting and it's sort of, I feel like it's a better opportunity to learn because you have to sort of do it rather than sort of just rely on someone doing it really well. Anyway, (laughs) it's, it's often magical. The Last time we did it, I got to see whales like just off the side porpoises. I mean, like Alaska is beautiful and I'm mostly familiar with like, the, being on land and you know the kind of mountains in Alaska but like the yep. coast is just something else
0: w- what kind of whales were you seeing
1: um uh, man i should know that better off the top of my head um i think they were humpback whales okay yeah we, we nice. just came up. there was two of them just um they were breaching like right off the boat and we kind of got maybe wow. a little bit too close <laughs> um but nice. it was cool i mean that that trip we went around the, the back of this little island and there was whales like porpoises um kind of going like along Like playing with our our wake, um puffins, just eagles, just everything. It was just one of those Alaska days where you just get to see like the whole world of wildlife.
0: That sounds freaking awesome, man. Wait, so you grew up you grew up there. Where where in Alaska did you grow up?
1: And in Anchorage and kind of in the what they call the big city, which is not that big.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's like the capital, right?
1: No, Juneau is a capital. Oh, okay. There, you can tell um, it, my
0: geography yeah. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Typical American geography. Well, it's, 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 a,
1: it's an interesting state, but Anchorage is definitely the biggest city. Um, and it, um, yeah, it was great. It was a great place to grow up. We moved there when I was 12. No, like 11. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, so kind of like that part of my life was there, you know, the formative years. And um, my dad was an art professor at the university. And so even though we're in this kind of weirdly, say, like not a whole lot of culture, like we were in a very kind of interesting kind of creative environment, just being around like his friends and um, people that would kind of come up to collaborate or, or work in, in the arts and the university. So, um, yeah, it was really kind of interesting little kind of niche. Um, but, uh, but also, you know, got to kind of explore outdoors and, uh, it was just, I mean, honestly, for me, it was a great place to grow up and I'm glad that my family still lives there and I get to visit.
0: Yeah. it's awesome. So where, where did you, where were you at before you were 12? Where do you, where were you born at?
1: I was born actually in the south of England in Brighton, England, um, which is like an hour directly south of London. Um, Yeah, it's a really cool kind of now it's pretty like hip.
0: Yeah, I've heard it's a really cool place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. we got, like, Fat Boy Slim is from there. Oh, that's right. Just, like, a few other kind of, like, like minor. No, really, he's not really a minor celebrity. He's, like, a big time. He's pretty like, big, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's at, yeah, it's, it's a really cool place. Um, and so, yeah, so we, I lived there, and then we moved to Memphis for a couple of years, um, which is interesting transition, and then kind of yeah, finally I settled in Alaska.
0: Cool. So how, how long were you in Alaska for?
1: Um, it, I mean, I was just, I graduated, like, high school. Uh, and then came to Colorado for college.
0: Okay. So you, like you grew up, I grew up
1: there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, I mean, even maybe more so than England, like my family is like my immediate family still lives in Alaska. So that's kind of where, you know, we kind of congregate back to, so it it kind of feels like home, even though kind of moving around a lot as a kid, like you kind of, I feel like I've got like several sort of places that I can identify as like a home or like that feel like that, um, you know, were kind of contributed to me growing up.
0: Yeah. Was either your parents military? I mean, you said your dad was a teacher. Was your mom like military? Or no,
1: no. My dad was, I mean, they were like, like in the, in, we yeah, we kind of traveled like a funny military route, but like my dad was um, an artist. He was a sculptor, kind of avant-garde sculptor, and uh, he started teaching. He felt like um, working in university was kind of a good way for him to kind of do what he wanted, but also kind of like, you know, contribute back and have like a sort of a steadier job. Um, and so he kind of got into teaching in England and then we moved to Memphis and then he had an opportunity in Alaska and we, um, as a family just packed our bags and drove up and that was that.
0: I mean, what brought you to Colorado?
1: Um, I went to the university of Colorado. Okay. Like, yeah.
0: So you were just looking at schools when you graduated and that was it or.
1: I mean, yeah, I was just looking maybe at like in the places like I didn't, you know, travel to look at any schools, but I had a friend who was a year older than me and he went here and they had mountains at skiing. I didn't really think about film. I didn't really know about film as an occupation or or degree at that time. So I was really interested in, uh, in maybe more lifestyle, but I had a good engineering school and that's what I applied to. And yeah, I mean, really there was just kind of a few people I knew that were going here. They're a bit older than me. And I kind of called one of them up and said, what do you think? And he was like, just get down here. Like Boulder's amazing. And, uh, Yeah. I feel like that time in my life, like it was the best place for me. Like I, I remember coming into Boulder and just thinking I'd like arrived in heaven. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, a, it's, a, like a, it's, it's like it's like awesome, awesome place. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> coming from Anchorage, it was definitely like kind of at that yeah that time in my life, it was kind of everything I was looking for.
0: So you went. So you you applied for the engineering school, but then when did you did you like switch to film at some point, or how did that transition happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like interesting, like, you know, like I said, I grew up around like a lot of creative people and I was always really attracted to art, but maybe sort of being around like a lot of really starving artists, um, you know, like my dad's community, like outside the teachers and stuff. Um, like it maybe didn't, didn't have like a magical appeal. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I was like, Oh my God, like the artist's life is amazing. I was kind of like the artist's life is hard. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, but, but there wasn't like really a film component. Like some some of those guys were doing like kind of weird, like, you know, art videos and stuff was kind of, you know, this is the late eighties. And so like, you know, that was kind of video art was kind of coming together, but honestly, like didn't really appeal to me that much. Like when music videos came out like that really, you know, sort of was like a big, big thing. I really liked the art in there, but it never felt like that it was like attainable. Um, and so, yeah, like I was like good at math. So I was like, I want to be an engineer. And then, you know, I wasn't really trying that hard at it either. It was kind of like a means to an ends. And then like one summer I was basically kind of I dropped out of school, but like school wasn't going well. So I kind of like retreated back to Alaska for the summer to kind of figure out my next move. And I knew it really wasn't engineering. And one of my dad's um, former students had gotten into working like as a grip and a set builder on, on like film projects in Alaska. And he was just like, Hey, you want to come to work with me one day? I was like, sure. And then like, when I mean, it was like the curtain was drawn back. Like I walked, like I saw like the set, um, you know, there was like a, like instantly kind of a way for me to kind of contribute and be kind of right in the mix, you know, just doing like small things, like little art department things. And um, I just saw this, that like, kind of cool, it was like kind of creativity, but like a team sport version of it and things were getting done. And, and it was like really interesting. It was really cool kind of commercial. I think it was for like Kellogg's cornflakes, but there was a whole team out from England filming in and they were flying around um, the glaciers and, you know, I don't know. It was just really kind of like, I was just, my mind was blown, but at the same time, like I was right in the middle of it. And, and I was just like, wow, like not only does this exist, but like, I feel like at the very least there's like an entry level position And so I got, I got to work on a couple more sets that, that summer. And then I went back and like, luckily, like CU actually had a fantastic film program. And it was like a really kind of an art school, which was, you know, good for me. So, you know, like within like a year, I was like running around Boulder with a Bolex and just like, I couldn't have been happier. I mean, it was like really like a couple of like strokes of good fortune, but you know, it's like, you kind of know what you see. And I think at that point. Like, even just, you know, being with creative, you know, parents that pushed me creatively, like, I just, I did not think that filmmaking was a possibility as a, like a career or even as a hobby, really. And, uh, and to sort of see that it was and to see that, like, instantly I kind of maybe had a little place in it, I think was pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, <clears throat> as, so ball like 16 millimeter films, what you're talking about, right? When you, yeah, started. yeah. Well,
1: CU Was like, awesome. it, it, <laughs> it, it was run by, like, kind of like crazy, like art, you know, like, uh, avant-garde filmmakers more than like you know like learning like the not the the, not the craft but sort of like like the hollywood way or like learning like particular like skill sets like grip or electric it was sort of like it was like an art school with film and at that point too like i'm not dating well i am dating myself here but like you know we were still like editing on um flatbeds we're cutting film i mean they got an avid like the last couple years i was there but i never worked on it at film school like i cut all my films on a, um, a Steenbeck and a Mobiola. Um, but yeah, it's splicing a, it with splice- a razor yeah. blade and <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It up. Yeah, and the cool <laughs> kids were like using like optical printers and uh, and like developing their own film and making it look weird. And you know, Stan Brackage was a huge part of that school. He's, he's still taught while I was there and you know, he's famous for um, you know, painting on film and, and like, you know, like sticking, um, moth pieces on film and making like incredible art with it. And then, um, Phil Solomon, who, um, was a, a big professor. Um, the, for me, like the, the giant professor there was kind of like, you know, kind of the next level of, um, the next generation of kind of avant-garde filmmakers. And he used a lot of optical printer, which is like a, basically a projector looking at a, at a film camera. You can kind of manipulate sort of early special effects machine, but they would use it for art. Um, yeah. So I mean those two guys were like giants there. And and it was a great way for, for me um to sort of like enter into the academic version of film. And I mean, honestly, like it was so fortunate that, that that happened.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Did uh were you there at the same time as like Matt Stone and Trey Parker? Was that during your 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 time there?
1: They were they were done at that point. They were done at that point. Yeah. Okay, okay. But they were still around. Yeah. I'll tell you two quick stories and you can cut whichever one you don't want to use. Okay. But at one point I had a really attractive roommate. Like we were just like this house and she was like the coolest thing, but she'd always have like gentleman callers. And when, you know, the date was over, she'd like motion to one of the guys, one of the guy roommates and uh, to be kind of like, you know, like come out and sort of like end the date. And so, yeah, one day, like I kind of booted a very polite Matt Stone off the porch (laughs) 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 <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> um and then the other thing <laughs> and this is maybe even more like like ridiculous, but um when I was right when I was done with film school, like I was working at a place called Celluloid Studios um in um in Denver. They were like the top, top um sort of commercial and animation house at the time. And yeah, really I remember hearing about them. Super, super cool. And also again, super fortunate. But um they had actually produced the very first South Park in their basement and had kind of given those guys like whatever funding they had to make the, the infamous Christmas special. I don't know. The one hey. the Clooney apparently, you know, dubbed like 100 copies and gave to all of his friends and stuff. And uh, and the guy who worked the front desk actually became, later became their animation um, director and he directed, did, directed the animation of like the South Park movie and he was the front desk guy at the time. And wow. he gave me a copy and, you know, I was like straight out of film school with like this, you know, like serious, like very, you know, deep or trying to be deep. And they showed me that. And I was just like, I just don't get it. <laughs> like I literally was like the only one in the world that like, was like, I don't get this. It's like, what, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, like years later, I like look back, I'm like, man, I must've been going through like a really dark time <laughs> right. to not be yeah. open to that. But, um, but it's, it is true. And, and yeah. And there was like, literally like they, uh, like those guys made that in the, in the basement, you know, it's where cactus is right now. They made that in the basement basically of, of cactus. And then, you know, one guy found it before YouTube and made a bunch of copies of it. Right. And you know, the rest is history. I mean, they just took off from there cause it was like undeniably, um, just incredible. Yeah. I Even remember s- I didn't see it at the time.
0: I remember seeing that it was like one of the first things I ever saw on the internet. This was obviously way pre YouTube. This was like late 90s and yeah it was that christmas special with with jesus and santa claus and <laughs> yeah. i was like i was like this is so ridiculous you know and it was so hilarious and then yeah it turned into this obviously giant thing south park is now but
1: <laughs> yeah i mean literally it's like been on the air ever since right, right? yeah
0: it's like a it just <laughs> yeah. i don't think it can ever go away until those guys die <laughs> like, yeah that's it. the only thing that's gonna stop this stops comedy central from ever producing that show
1: I mean, I mean, what, I mean, incredible talent, you know, like in the time, again, like I'm just admitting, like I had my head up my ass about like, like film and, and what I thought it should be and, and the emotions I thought it should convey. But, um, you know, just like, <laughs> it's so funny. And, and, um, I got a chance to see their, um, Book of Mormon, like a few years ago. I it's just too. like, it's, so like, it's good. Just, just mind-blowingly good. <laughs>
0: it's so cool. good. So for, for our listeners out there who might not be from Colorado or in the production world, uh, that don't know about futuristic. Can you, can you tell us more about the company and and what kind of work you guys do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so futuristic, um, is a production company in post house and based in Denver, Colorado. Um, you know, we kind of, we do work all over the U S and occasionally all over the world and we specialize in kind of short form. Um, a lot of television commercials, a lot of sort of, you know, um, short brand films and documentaries. We have done like a little bit of feature documentary work and, uh, you know, kind of aspired to continue to do that, but but basically, like, I would say ninety percent of our work is kind of like like short form music videos, commercials. So like the company started, I was you know I'd, I'd kind of worked in commercials and, and sort of all kinds of film like as a crew member, and you know I'd say the funny thing is is like actually always really liked commercials. Um, I feel like you know when you come from particularly like like really low budget filmmaking like in terms of, you know, trying to make a feature, things like that. You know, it's it's obviously super fun, but it is like this, the struggle on the set is real. And so, like, kind of coming from a, at that time, like a kind of camera perspective, sort of having a bit of resource, um, being able to kind of push a look, being able to work on a project for, like, a kind of a short burst, intense of time, you know, from, like, two weeks to a month, maybe another few weeks to kind of edit and sort of being done and sort of, like, having this sort of, you know, something that needed to be, like, a complete thought, complete vision. Um, and, but, you know, but could be short, it could be like a 30 second piece it was sort of really, I, th- I would say like kind of attractive to me, I think, and still really, you know, I really like that, you know, we all hope for, you know, it to be a kind of a positive message or to kind of, um, you know, work with like a, like a good brand partner, a good agency, but like the actual form of a commercial, I think is still something that I find really, really exciting. Um, but I met a couple of guys that were working on a documentary and they were, you know, wanted to collaborate and so like I kind of came in and sort of did, you know, what we all thought was really cool at the time, which was like steady cam shots or like kind of lighting scenes a certain way, kind of using sort of what I was considering kind of commercial techniques or things that I'd learned doing commercials. And uh, I was at the same time, like really excited by like their kind of can do attitude, you know, they'd learned a lot, like kind of, you know, early online blogs, you know, of like how to, how to not only edit, but like finish, like how to do your own sound mix. And they, it was like a fearless quality about kind of how they were approaching like pretty, you know, like stuff that looked really, really good. You know, like it was a, something that was going to be sold to TV, shown in film festivals. And um, at what year was this? Probably 2005 or six. After that film, we wanted to keep working together. And I kind of felt like with sort of what I'd learned, you know, kind of working on commercial sets and occasionally like, like film sets and in that industry with kind of what they had learned, sort of kind of like, you know, not I wouldn't say DIY, but really kind of like a DIY sort of like documentary filmmaking approach. I was kinda of like, man, like, I mean, what can't we do? You know, it was kind of I really did feel like kind of uh, you know, excited by the possibilities there. And so we kind of talked for like a year and then we kinda of started the company. At that point it was like three of us. And um and yeah, it started up and we kinda of had a, like a lot of momentum, but um, we, early on, we, you know, kind of like a hardcore production of kind of the, the, projects that we were able to get, we weren't actually able to kind of do the nuts and bolts production. And there was a producer who I'd worked with, um, who was like living in Denver, but kind of mo- mostly worked on the coasts, but she was kind of like taking a little bit of downtime. And, uh, I'd always wanted to work with her as a producer. I'd worked with her like on a film crew. So I kind of called her up and, uh, she kind of like, I think as a personal challenge, to the budgets we were getting, like, you know, had being so low for her, she was kind of like, oh, I'll give it a try. And, and so she came in, like, really right from the start. Like, before we had office furniture, she was, like, working with us. And, uh, like, about a year or so later, like, you know, finally we couldn't pay her enough, and so we made her a partner. <laughs> so, and then um, Brendan has, like, left since kind of done his own thing. Um, but Frank, Sarah, and myself are still partners, and, you know, Futuristic has now been here for kind of a little over 12 years. And um, it's kind of grown to there's like 11 or 12 of us. Now we got someone, a new employee starting. We're really excited about, so we'll be, we're, we're growing. And, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. You guys are like a, you're like a staple in the production world here in Denver, man. It's been, it's been really cool to cool to watch happen. I mean, you guys were definitely established when I first had moved back here in 2012, but it's like, you got, like you said, you're still, still growing. And you know, you guys are getting bigger and bigger. It's really cool to see.
1: Uh, thanks yeah i it's like sometimes i have to remind myself because i still think that we're the upstarts and (laughs) and then you know like 12 years later like um it's like it's really not you know we, we have been kind of like a big big part of the community but you know i try to want to keep that upstart mentality just because we're not we're not kind of we haven't kind of achieved our goals yet you know um but at the same time like you know like i'm excited by the growth of the the growth of the film industry here and the people who are kind of driving it, which is like, you know, definitely like a lot more than, than just us. It's like, I feel there's like so many people like, you know, coming in and really kind of pushing like Colorado forward. So, you know, I hopefully, you know, we're not like never be kind of like this, like archaic old company. It'll be kind of continuously young by the people that we're working with, but also kind of like, you know, to be a part of that growth.
0: I mean, keeping it as that upstart vibe, to me, I think keeps it just keeps you fresh, you know? Yeah. Without being the established production company that does it this certain way and we're a corporate type of feeling. I think that kind of strips the creativity sometimes.
1: I mean, that's totally right. Like, I mean, you have to be, I don't know, like we, there's easier ways to make money, I think, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's so (laughs) so true. (laughs) Like it's 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 important to like be kind of creative first. And I think too, like to kind of keep, that, that means, like, keeping new ideas, keeping trying new things. Um, so, you know, like, I mean, it's not like it's a, every project it's a mandate, but we try to look at, like, every project of, like, what can we do that's different or new or have we been trying to do, whether it's, in, like, a different camera or, you know, different lenses or, you know, different, you know, someone that we want to kind of, like, bring into, like, our team, whether it's, like, you know, an outside cinematographer, editor, you know, even, like, directors and producers, you know, that we can kind of, like, bring in and kind of match with, with our core just to kind of keep things sort of different but keep things progressing and it's and it's huge and, and i do mean like you know we're really happy with where we're at and it's you know like like the it's not about growth but like the sort of list of accomplishments that we that we collectively and me personally like want to do with futuristic i mean i don't even think we're like we're just you know turning the first couple of pages you know i mean yeah. I, I really believe it, that um that like our best work is still to come
0: heck yeah it's good to hear man <clears throat> Um, so when you, when you came out of school, like what path did you want to take in the whole film production world?
1: I mean, that's a good question. Like I think, you know, I was like fortunate because we, we got to work on like, I you know, would direct my own stuff and, you know, in college and, and, and I kind of like learned the camera so I could be a DP with like a lot of my friends films. And like, so there was like that sort of pillar of like doing our own stuff. And, uh, and, you know, just being like being creative and yeah, I mean, I think mean, making our own films and having like the freedom to sort of fail and succeed, you know, in like a student world or, or, you know, just like a postgraduate world was, was huge. But like the same time, like, like that first time I worked on a set, like, you know, I really did enjoy it. And a lot of people I came out of film school with, they hated working on other people's sets. Like they hated being a PA. They hated, you know, being any sort of assistant. And I actually loved it. Like I felt like it was this opportunity to be a part of it and to learn, to watch people who are, you know, had years of experience. We were all shooting film at the time. So like there was a little aura around that, you know, like, you know, going on and watching you know, the big 35 millimeter cameras come in and I got to work on a feature film, like up in Telluride, um, which was incredible, incredible experience. Um, and, and then, and that was like on the lighting crew, um, So like I I wanted to keep working on the film crew and I was feel like lucky enough that that it was like at a time where, you know, um, I think because of just shooting film, there was always like, like film loaders and like, you know, camera assistants. And so I kind of quickly figured out that if I could load film, like I'd have a job. I think the last thing, like, (laughs) (laughs) like the last thing I borrowed money from my mom for was like to buy a film changing tent. It was just like, what is this? Like, you know, it's like one hundred and fifty dollars, and I was just like, trust me, like, (laughs) like, and and sure enough, like, I was able to make like, you know, like a living with that for many years and travel, work with like incredible cinematographers, incredible directors, like, you know, I mean, at that time too, like, you know, being out west, like, if there was a shoot, like, in you know, Durango or even like in Montana, you'd call like the rental house here and just be like, hey, you got a guy that can come up, and you know, based on a recommendation, you'd you'd get to go. And uh, I, I, I love that part, too. Like, you know, just getting a map to go to set or, like, you know, driving somewhere, you know, five, six hours to go work with a crew that you never met. I mean, it was awesome. So, I think it was for me, it was like having those two things, like the film crew and, like, learning that way, but at the same time, like, always sort of being part of my own projects and having a kind of a, like, a film school crew, you know, that we kind of had finished up together and sort of were still kind of pushing each other to kind of be the, you know, the directors, the writers, the the cinematographers. But that was I mean, that was perfect. That was a perfect education for me.
0: After that, at what point were you like, all right, I want to start my own my own thing? You know? Cause were you directing on set other people's stuff before you started Futuristic or were you
1: Yeah, I mean so I I, I started out professionally like as a camera assistant. Um and then you know, started working as an operator and then a DP, um, you know, both on film and then video cameras had just kind of come into sort of like that, that, that sort of, that, that world. And, you know, I was kind of quick to like learn that technology. So I'd been working as a DP and I started to get like a chance to direct. And I always kind of knew that directing was kind of what I wanted to do, but you know, I also was kind of fine with being a little bit patient about it and to kind of like learn the craft. And, um, so I got an opportunity to direct a few commercials and like a short film and the production company that I was working with a lot of the time was nice enough to, uh, to let me kind of produce those through them. But like, as I kind of wanted to transition my, like sort of the, the majority of my work into directing, I just didn't feel like there was like a home for me in Colorado that sort of matched my ambition or maybe just even more, more my philosophy of like how I wanted to see like a local production company. And again, there probably were companies like that here, but just like, wasn't one that quite felt right for me. And, um, and so, you know, I'm just kind of kicking around that idea of like starting a company. And, um, and when I met, um, you know, Brendan and Frank working on Mountaintown, the documentary kind of mentioned earlier, like, I was kind of like, okay, these are the guys I want to do it with. And so it took me six months, maybe a year to kind of convince them that this was a good move. And then, <laughs> then we're like off to the races.
0: All right. Yeah. Cause it's such a different vibe where you're like, Oh, now we're going to be business owners on top of this creative stuff we're doing, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think if I would have known like what that meant, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think I, I maybe would have done it or wouldn't right. have been as eager to do it. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, I thought it was just an extension of, uh, of, 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 of directing, you know, cause i you seen other directors have production companies and, you know, knew of other directors had production companies and, and, you know, that's something I wanted. I think, more than a business, there's just something magical about, like, when when you're on set and, like, the production company's in action. Yeah. And, like, I feel like, I felt like even more than, like, owning a camera or, like, a piece of gear, like, that's what I wanted to have access to. You know, like, that sort of team. Oh, you know, yeah. You just have, you know, you know where you, it feels yeah, like. for sure. You know, I mean, you know, it's like when you have, like, a good crew, like, even a small crew, but, like, a crew of, like, 5, 15, 20 people. Yeah, like, your core. Your core, you yeah. got, it's, it's like, you feel like. There's nothing you can't achieve.
0: Totally. You're like the captain of this fucking awesome ship.
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's like, it's like a creative, creative SWAT team, you know, there's yeah. like, you know, everyone's got it's their own little skill and, and, and when it's, you know, being put in to the same purpose, it is just incredible. Like what it could do. And so, I, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to build was honestly like the engine, like that engine. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that's the thing that we have, you know, I think, you know, it's, it is like a creative first, like. You know, we're excited about like how we all get our fingers dirty in the process, you know yeah so why we have edit in-house, why we have color in-house is because like these are the things that excite us. but we weren't necessarily like a business decision. It was more like how do we control this creativity, like how do we maximize the budgets that we have? And right. that's been the ethos of the company, you know the business part um is really kind of like you know it's not an afterthought because it has to be more than that but it's really it's not what drives this or i don't think it's really what you know kind of gets everyone sort of excited but at the end of the day like you have to you know do that part right and i think you know like we're all a bit like a perfectionist that way and so like you know if, if we're going to do it you know that then that part has to be right as well you
0: know right or were you ever planning on moving to like LA or New York for production at that point? Like the, the meccas of where this stuff happens.
1: It's, it's interesting. Like I, I yeah. I'd had a chance, you know, to sort of move out, um, you know, particularly to LA. Like when I was, when I was like loading, like I'd worked a lot of LA production companies. I would go to LA, you know, once every couple of months to work on a couple of projects out there. And, you know, so I was kind of like, like like I, I learned about production kind of you know, as they say like on that level i I'd, I'd seen big 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 scale production like in l a like on commercials and films and stuff and and got to be a part of it and I really did enjoy that, but there is a certain amount of like when things get that big that you do become kind of a cog, you know particularly like you know on the crew um and the camaraderie that I felt like on sets in in Colorado was always like you know way better and and I feel like at that time, I felt like it was it allowed me, you know, kind of a, like more of a creative role, you know. And so, you know, I wasn't keeping score, but like I had friends that went to LA and, you know, like they had work for like a, you know, second AC or like a loader for like a lot longer on bigger stuff. But I'd already jumped up to like, you know, getting an opportunity to first AC or occasionally shoot. And then the same thing is like those guys kind of came into like, you know, like different roles. Like I was getting chances to direct. And so there was like those things that kind of like drove me, you know. I think maybe like in retrospect, I've seen like, you know, the gang that, that I know that stayed out there have now gone on to have like incredible careers doing like huge, like huge <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and deservedly so. <laughs> right. But, um, but there was something, I don't know, it was like a little bit different. Like it, it, being on set in, um, in Colorado at that time was like a little different. It was a little bit of a cowboy vibe. But again, like, you know, they, everyone wanted to, you know, just, you know, like prove with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder that we could do work and, and work with, you know, people from the, from the coast, you know, so-and-so big shots and, and kind of like be at that caliber. But at the same time, like there's a little bit more of kind of a wild West vibe to it. And I, I got to say like both of those things really appealed to me and maybe a little bit stubborn too. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I do, I do like it here. And I was kind of like, you know, fuck yeah. Like, you know, we should be able to do it here. And, you know, right. I, I definitely have, you know, I mean, I don't have rose colored glasses anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. And there's certain things that, you know, like are annoyingly tough about the business end of, it, of, of working in Colorado. But, you know, the crew that we get to work with and, you know, when we're all on a good project and things are rolling, then I have no regrets.
0: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I was like kind of the same way with Colorado. I, I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I grew up here, but then I lived in L.A. for 10 years doing post-production and some production work and, and then back to post. And then I just was like, I, I want to like go back home and there's some things that happen, And then I came back and I was like, this is it. I just got make to this, make this happen. And yeah, like I agree with you. The sets here, just it's such a different vibe to it. And yeah, you you, it's not like going up through the ranks here. You can just decide, okay, like this is what I want to do and I'm just going to push forward as hard as I can. And then you can just make, I feel like you can make those moves quicker, like you said, here in Denver. But then the downside is you don't, you know, you're not working on Marvel, Marvel movies and shit like Yeah, that, you know what I no, mean? No,
1: no, it, 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 it's totally true. But, I mean, that's one of the things about, like, you know, the very top level. Like, if you're, you know, getting a chance to direct, like, a Marvel movie, like, you know, how awesome that would be. Right. Um I'm more of an indie guy, though. Just not, I'm not going to lie. Right, I am, too. I'm
0: just, <laughs> but, I'm just throwing the biggest but name yeah. I could think,
1: right? If, 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 any, if anyone's looking, I, I won't turn down a Marvel project or a B-movie. But, um, uh, but like, you know, I mean, you, you look at the credits of those things. And, you know, even, like, a big commercial, you know, and it's just, like, there's so many people. And there is it is more of an industry in L.A., which is cool because of the size of it and the scope of it. right. But like here, it's like well, almost like we're pirates. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's like, scrappy. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> scrappy, and uh, you know, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do, still get amazing stuff. You know, and um, and like I and I always like that, like that vibe. That's On, awesome. I mean, at the end of the day, like if I could just magically go back to the film days, like I totally would. I mean, it's not just nostalgia, but there's just something about like how the set worked back then and how valuable it Was when you turn on the camera that like right, you yeah. got so much. Fo- I mean, everyone, like, everyone so focused, many feet, right? Yeah. The producers are like focused because they're like, hear that, like, you know, tr- yeah, you know, they're just like, oh god, there's that money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, ting, ting, yeah. ting. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, it's been you know, like, like, starting this company, like, right when the economy crashed, and then like the film, like, workflow and process, like, completely changed, right? You know, it was you know, we. We started this, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, the first few commercials I shot, even, like, low-budget, like, that we were shooting at Futuristic, were all in 16 millimeter or 35 millimeter, And then, you know, we had to shoot our doc stuff on, like, EX-1s and stuff that had just come out, you know, we like, brand-new, like, you know, shooting to card was, like, a crazy thing. And, um, you know, Final Cut had just sort of revolutionized sort of editing. Um, and then 5Ds. You know, then, then red ones, and then epics and Alexas, and, <laughs> right you know, and, and, and like all of it, like, I feel like it's been fun to keep on top of all that stuff. And it's, I think we would have started the company a few years before we would have maybe, you know, got a little bit too set in like, in like that sort of workflow that would have been harder to, um to change. Yeah, but I think it's just like literally like every, you know, like all of us. It's like every year, everything changes. So you've just got to kind totally of be, knows. got to be <laughs> on your toes, and sort right. of like kind of pick and choose how you want to kind of move forward, and sort of, you know, what what pieces of technology or or you know like things do you want to kind of bring into your quiver, and which ones you want to maybe, you know, kind of wait out. But right. uh, but it's it's I mean, it's been an exciting time just to be part of filmmaking in general.
0: Yeah, it's it has been. I mean, once that digital revolution hit. You know, especially like the DSLR craze, like yeah. everything got smaller and you were making these amazing images with these small cameras and then, but now they're, everything's big again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. I
1: mean, film, film is like back, you know I mean? You, totally, like, you yeah. like, look at, look at, you know, even like, you know, commercials, music videos, particular, um. You know, mean, every, like Tarantino TV, every Tarantino film. Every Tarantino film. But <I> mean, <laughs> even like, you know, the Aziz Ansari comedy special, and you know, it was like shot in 16. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, everyone I who works here who's under 25 is just fascinated by
0: film. By film, yeah. You right.
1: Yeah, it's just like they're shooting like old medium format cameras for, you know, instead of their iPhone. And uh, I'm excited to, to see that, that come back. And honestly, yeah, I mean, one of the things that like this year, you know, every year I kind of try to do, couple of different things and and like this year like i really want to shoot like a project in in uh in film yeah and so i think
0: 16 or 35
1: i mean i mean i'd love to shoot one in 35 coming up but i I think my plan would would be to kind of like you know just to find one that that you can really exploit looking like the difference of you know difference of film which i think is is probably better in 16 right now yeah and ectochrome reversal film they're just kind of redoing that and so i'm they can like maybe just get a couple of few rolls of ectochrome and, and see what happens.
0: So what's next up for Futuristic? You guys have any jobs you're coming up, or coming up that you're excited about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about this project that that's coming up. It's a little bit um, nervous about because it it's different. But we're I'm I'm working with uh, uh, Prana to to build out this experience. So there's like a big construction part. It's not just like hidden cameras, but there are like a bunch of that in there. But you know, kind of I think I rightly kind of pushed them. We want to get, like, people going through in motion. It's not necessarily just told in, like, security camera look, so. Um, but I'm excited about that. It's kind of a bit of a sort of surprise and delight. Um, we're kind of pulling together a bunch of kind of unique experiences for people to kind of go through. So that's cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there's a few kind of other sort of things in, in the works right now. We're kind of, like, like, bidding on a few jobs, and I don't want to jinx them. Um, but they could be good. I always love, like, this time of year, the – opportunities to film outside in the fall are ah, just the best. I agree. So, uh, yeah. so good. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> um, there's a couple of like, kind of like, like sort of personal things. Like I mentioned, like, you know, want to shoot some film and, you know, I got to do like a music video last year and I was, I'd kind of like to do another one this year. Um, something I always really enjoy. Yeah. Even if it's like not maybe part of the financial plan of the company or yet hasn't been, <laughs> right. um, it's something <laughs> I, I love music. I love kind of <laughs> collaborating that way.
0: Yeah so being being a business owner and like being a business owner and doing something that is your hobby and something you love um do you feel you have like a pretty good life work balance or are you kind of just like always on
1: like there i mean for like a long time there was not like a good a good like like life work balance yeah um i mean, I think in the first few years you know five years or so of the company like I kind of welcomed it that was not a good one you know yeah, because it was like it was fine like i was able to sort of like make that, you know, kind of my life and be quite happy with it. And it's like, I get, you know, like working on the set part of the job. And, you know, it's like so much more. Like you have like two or three days, maybe, you know, like a week on set. And like there's, you know, like a month of pre-pro. There's like a month of pre-pro. There's like, you know, the, the proposal that you're working on. and um, And like I'm like so happy on set. And, and so like that kind of energizes me, you know, and so if I'm doing that a lot, then it, it's great. Um, but like the, you know, the proposals and the the pre-production and, you know, kind of like that, you know, can be like, that's kind of where I get most stressed. Um, and, and I felt, yeah, like, so like the first five years, it was just like, you know, I was like welcomed having no work-life balance. And then I think then it was kind of pretty draining. I think kind of maybe like, you know, kind of like in a few people in the company, we had been like working so hard. And I think. We then we sort of started to go like okay what it, wh- how can we structure this to be different you know it's like the startup mentality of a company is like let me do everything right yeah
0: exactly like
1: you know let me carry this weight let me show you how to do this let me like you know like yeah you know set up your microphone for this hand <laughs> like move your not you know it's just and then right. I think what's kind of interesting is that you kind of see that not only is that not the right way to do it or not the way that you can sustain it but it's actually like if you're working with creative people and you're trying to bring creative people up that if you're doing that, you're just crushing them because it's like they want to be part of the process and sort of brought into it. So sort of like, you know, relentlessly, you know, kind of like trying to just do it all yourself and prove that you're the best at it is not really, you know, I mean, we've, you know, we've worked with, with probably directors and producers like that, you know, and I try not to be a director like that. I try to be a director that empowers the people around me by communicating my ideas well and listening to their ideas and and giving them room to to make it better, you know, like that's the, the teamwork is all about. So I'm like, definitely, I think we've been better at trying to do that from a company perspective, um, the last few years. And I think that's making all the difference. And I think if, if that can kind of continue with a few kind of key things like this year, I think it's going to be really, really different. Yeah. In a positive way. But, but I, I mean, I would say that I didn't really even think about work life balance until a few years ago. <laughs> exactly. <Like that. laughs> Uh, and and also just I think I kind of need, I think I need a little bit more time away from the business to sort of recharge my kind of creative my creativity, and kind of come into like a like a creative project with a fresh yeah. ideas. You know, you never want to just be kind of like a recycling the same <laughs> totally. words in the treatment or the same kind of camera techniques or you know, like right. whatever like locations, whatever. So you can kind of need I I need to have, you know, kind of a little bit of room to to, to recharge those batteries.
0: Yeah, I mean that's traveling for me, man. Uh, when i feel the, that stagnant i'm just like i gotta hit the road yeah and i'll just go like because you see all these different cultures and it's just it's weird It just yeah like I said it's just a recharge
1: totally you know? totally um, and then, like visually yeah your yeah.
0: perspective changes. you're like man these people's lives are so different than my bubble back home where you know and then i don't know it just it it opens up your you see the world differently so then you start shooting different <laughs> I,
1: I, <laughs> you know? I think so too it's i mean it's crazy I, I feel like growing up and moving a lot Like moving from even moving around in England, and then moving to Memphis, and then moving to Alaska, like in my like super young formative years, and like kind of spending a lot of time on the road and driving around and exploring stuff that was new for my parents and for me. That's kind of how we you know spent the first few years in the U.S. We we thought we were going to go back, so we just went to every national park and drove. And I feel like like the root of my personal creativity is about like like looking you know, and new things and meeting new people and coming into new environments and, uh and trying to like figure them out and try and figure out like, you know, how, you know, different people act in those things and how to make friends with them, things like that. And and so, you know, I think I've always I think it's been a gift that it's like, I've never totally felt like, well, I never felt like a stranger, but like, I felt like, like, you know, every like little trip or, or, is is new and so i look at it from like a a new perspective so like i yeah i totally need to travel and uh and and do that and engage and even engaging in a conversation like this you know it's a bit out of the ordinary or you know like a little bit less or or more than just like small talk at a bar is like super like invigorating for me
0: right on man well thanks for being on the show uh it's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you here man and um yeah, check out Futuristic Film online at futuristicfilms.com and uh, yeah, keep an eye on these guys. They're, they're blowing up and they're going to keep blowing up. That's a wrap on this episode of the Creative Juice Podcast. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and on Google Play or directly at thecreativejuice.com. That's the creative com. Stay creative.